Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Malachi, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Don't marry someone who is not a believer. And listen, here's something for you. Here's something for you. And don't marry someone that just says they're a Christian either. You know, oh, I'm a Christian. You know what? Take time to watch their walk. Take time to watch their walk. You want to be sure that they are sold out. Because, see, people's definition of Christian nowadays is, like, all over the place. I'm a Christian because I live in America. I'm a Christian because I eat mom's apple pie. I'm a Christian because I go to church two times a year. I'm a two-timer. I go two times a year. Christmas and Easter, I'm a Christian. Well, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't know. You, you want to marry someone that's sold out for Jesus. Someone who is committed to the word of God. Somebody who is sold out, carrying their Bibles, tongue-talking, word-walking believer. Yeah, I said it. It's all right. Okay, if they don't speak in tongues, that's okay. It's not their gift. But you understand, somebody that's really, truly committed, don't just say, oh, just because they say they're a believer. Watch their walk. See if they come to church. Hey, when you can't, here's a good test. When you can't make it to church, see if they come to church. Because if, if you can't make it to church and they don't come to church and that pattern continues, they only go to church because you're there. It's just like no-brainer stuff. You know, they're just going to church because you're there. That's all. So you want to marry a person that's committed and sold out believer who knows Jesus. Now, look at verse 11 with me again, because I want to deal with this. And I want to deal with last week. Didn't have time, but I'm glad because I have time tonight. Look at verse 11, because it says, notice, Judah has profaned the, the middle of verse 11. Judah has profaned the Lord's holy, the Lord's underline that holy underline that. Institution, underline that, which he loves, underline that. I want to take careful note of how Malachi describes marriage. How he describes marriage. It is, number one, marriage is the Lord's. You see that? That's why I joined online. It is, first of all, the Lord's. Marriage is not a financial relationship or an agreement between two people. Marriage is the Lord's, number one. Marriage isn't a pairing of two people with common interest. We talked about that last week. With common interest, no. Marriage isn't a pairing of two very intelligent people. You know, there's a group of people out there trying to bring forth into the world, a super race. Well, there's no difference. Hitler did the same thing. But a super race of people 
where, you know, you take the right people and you get two very intelligent, high IQ people and two nice looking people so they can produce a super race or something like that. Marriage isn't a pairing in that regard. Marriage is a covenant relationship ordained and ordered by God. Marriage is, first of all, the Lord's. Secondly, marriage is holy. Look at it again in verse 11. It's holy. Of all the relationships, think about that. Of all the relationships that, that, that human folks can have, marriage is unique in that it is ordained and blessed by God and is holy. Of all the relationships, you can have a good friend and a good buddy and best friends for life. But, but best friends for life and good buddies, though, that kind of relationship is not ordained by God. It's not ordained by God. And God doesn't look at that kind of relationship, although it is a good relationship. God doesn't look at that relationship as it's holy. Marriage, on the other hand, God says, is holy. It is blessed. It is unique. It's unique because God gives in the relationship of marriage. Think about this. Are you listening? Think about this. In the marriage relationship, it is the only relationship. The reason why it's unique, because it's the only relationship that God gives precise prescription for the role of each person. God says in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wife. And then it says, wives, which is my favorite verse, <laughs> submit to your husband. <laughs> I joke her. She looked at me like, yeah, we talk about that when we get home, huh? <laughs> I love it, though, because, you know, my marriage relationship, I mean, we understand that. We understand our roles, and God understands that people are not that bright. And that's why God says, I'm going to make it easy for you. Husbands, love your wife. Why? Because a woman's greatest need is love. Wives, submit to your husbands. Why? Because a man's greatest need is to feel like the king of his castle. That's the truth, ladies. You want a happy, holy marriage, healthy? You let him, look, let him feel like he's in charge, even if he isn't. <laughs> you need to smarten up. I'm just trying to help you. You let him feel like he's in charge because that's his greatest need. Wives, submit to your husband. The marriage relationship is unique and it's holy because God gives a prescription on how to be married. Thirdly, notice in your Bibles, marriage is an institution. Notice the Lord, holy, what saints? Institution. You see, marriage is meant to be solid with boundaries. Solid with boundaries. People today are trying to redefine marriage, twisting and bending it to mean anything that they want it to mean. The Bible is clear. Saints, listen, the Bible is clear. Marriage is a defined institution and union between one man and one woman. It is not a union. Please, saints, say amen. The reason why I bring that up, because I happen to be kind of trying to recover today, and I'm flipping through the news, and all over the news, oh, y'all know, all over the news, Elton John and some guy named David are getting married. 
in a civil union in England, and it's a big thing, and it, oh, it's a small wedding. Oh, how small? They have 700 of their guests. I'm like, that's small? 700 of their guests. They get married, and it's a big, big deal, and they got the best of everything, and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I'm listening to this nonsense. And you know what the Bible says? That's weird and perverted. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says that marriage is a union between one man and one woman. It is not a union between Adam and Steve or even Eva. Amen. Not two females and one male, not two males and one female, not a group of marriages or any other variation. Marriage is a union between one man and one woman. And I don't care what any country, any prime minister or any president would say. God's word is clear. It's a marriage is a divinely appointed union. In other words, God established it. Therefore, only God controls its law. Civil law cannot supersede God's law. And it does. I don't care what they say. I don't care what laws they make. The highest law is the law of God. And every man will stand before God and give an account for his law. So marriage is a divinely appointed union. Marriage is a permanent union. God's design was one man, one woman to spend one life together. And marriage is a physical union. They become one flesh, not one spirit. They don't become one spirit. And they don't become one socially. And they don't become one living together. They become one flesh. God holds marriage as a holy institution that involves one man and one woman for life. Amen, saints. And then marriage, you still taking notes? Marriage is a covenant of companionship. I kind of added this one here in verse 11, if you will. And I wanted to tell you that, that marriage is a covenant of companionship, a covenant of companionship. Again, fellas, listen close. When you get married. A man does not get a maid and a plaything when he gets married. Amen. And ladies, when you get married, you don't get an open-ended credit line and shopping spree at Nordstrom's. <laughs> Say amen, ladies. I'm like, you mess me up now. I'm calling the wedding off. When you get married, you get a buddy, a companion, as I said, a good friend. You get a companion. That's very, very, very important. You know, as a husband, I'm a companion with my wife. When I got married, May 14th, 1983, at Friendly Church of God in Christ in Oceanside, California, 23 years ago, I'm making points. <laughs> I entered a covenant. With Elvira and God was witness and I need to keep my covenant and anything. Listen, watch this. Anything that gets in the way of that covenant has got to go. Well, we do. We just get together. We play golf all the time. That's just it. I don't care. I mean, hey, you know what? I'm hanging out with my buddies. And that's just the way we do. And, you know, she's going to get used to that. No, if it's getting in the way of the covenant. No, it's got to go. You know, girls. Office secretary, office secretary, get in the way of the covenant, got to go. Here's one for you. Kids, get in the way of the covenant. 
<laughs> All right, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're preaching, Pastor. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is this. Now, now, now listen to me closely. Right? Let me qualify my statement. <laughs> Let me qualify this. I, I, really, I really do believe that there are many, many times where, where children do come between the covenant. I really do, you know, because the mom wants to do one thing, the dad wants to do something else, and you know, when you know, kids. Now, if you're, you're a youth person here, I mean, you know, I love you, but you know, we all have a sin nature, and this is generally your struggle, youth person, of pitting the parents against each other, and and getting in in between. God does not tell us; the Word does not tell us that we are one with our children. No, you are not one with your children. You are one with your spouse. Your children will grow up someday and they will go and get married and they will become one with someone. But you are not one with your children. You're one with your spouse. And therefore, it is important for you in the marriage relationship in the home. Listen, you don't have to go to marriage counseling. Just listen to this. You understand? Just listen. That's all. Just listen. You don't have in the home. In the home, it is very, very important that you and your spouse stand together, even in the face of the children. Wife, even if you believe your husband is making the wrong decision, you stand with him and you submit to him as you submit to God. And then what happens is God starts speaking because you're being obedient. God starts speaking to him. And before you know it, you guys start becoming one because they're, everybody's taking their role. Everybody's kind of getting in their place. See, the problem in the homes today is that folks are out of place. You're out of place. Wife, you're out of place. Husband, you're out of place. Children, you are out of place. Children, honor your mother and father, and your days will be long upon this earth. That's what the Bible says. Wives, submit to your husbands. That's your place. Husbands, love your wives. That's your place. And a lot of the problem is husbands are not loving the wives, the wives are not submitting, and the kids is running things. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I told you, straight talk from God. This is what we're getting here. This is what's going on here. So, and even if you don't have children, listen, don't check out. Don't, don't tune out. Tune in. Even if you don't have children, tune in. Even if you're not married, tune in. And then get the CD and play this thing over and over and over and over and over again. Because it will help you. Honestly, God's word is able to lead our lives. And God's word has everything that, that we need that pertains to life and godliness. And if we would just listen, our marriages would be a lot better off as a result of that. Of just obeying, obeying the word of God. And everyone taking their place. Husbands, take your place in leadership in the home. God did not call you, husband, to submit to your wife. God did not call you to submit to your wife. God called you to love your wife. Now, yes, submitting one another. I know you're going to go writing Ephesians 5, 21 says submitting one another. I know that. And do that. We are to submit to one another. I submit to my wife. Honey, what you think? Well, this is what I think. Well, this is what I think. But she always says, you know, well, honey, but you do what the Lord's showing you to do. She always says that you do what God's showing you to do. And I'll support that. And you know what happens? God starts showing me that what she said was right. 
like, I hate it when that happens. And I'm like, we gotta do it her way again. I always do it her way. Do it my way sometime. Give us a whining. But see, but we're out of place. We're out of place. You know, stand with your spouse. Couples, listen. Stand back to back with your spouse in the face of everything. Because God has made you one. And when you guys start ripping apart, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Look at this here in verse 16. For it covers one's garment with violence. Man, you start separating from your spouse and doing your own thing, you're ripping your garment. You're ripping that covering. You're ripping that covering of love and protection. You're ripping that. I'll tell you a little bit more about that from an ancient perspective in just a minute. But stand with your spouse. Don't break the covenant with with, with kids or, you know, in-laws, outlaws, you know, whoever they are, whatever, you stand. Marriage is a covenant of companionship. And then notice finally in verse 11, marriage, notice God's, notice which he loved. Marriage is something that God loves. You see that in verse 11? Marriage is something that God loves marriage, the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. And not only were they profaning the marriage relationship, but they were divorcing their Jewish wives to marry these pagan women. We talked about that. Remember I mentioned last week that, you know, it's as if these Jewish men were going through a midlife uh, crisis and, and, and remember we talked about that, they were just kind of, you know, basically they were trading in the older model for a newer model. Getting these young maids, they were doing, we talked about that. And then God said in verse 14, he'd been the witness. Did you see that? Look at verse 14 in your Bibles. The Lord was a witness in this marriage relationship when they originally stood before the priest and had been sanctioned as husband and wife. He, God, was there when they stated their vows and entered into this covenant of marriage. And so God says, I was there. I heard the promise. And I'm holding them to the covenant that they made that day, Saturday, previous Saturday. Uh, last Saturday, I, um, I had the privilege of officiating a wedding. And... Uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, people stand there, couples stand there and, you know, you go through the marriage vows and you say, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, you know, in sickness and in health until death do us part. And you're going through the marriage vows and whatever. And, you know, you stand there and you go over these vows and you look at the couple and you can't see them from where I see them. But from where I see them, you're looking at them. They're not hearing a word I'm saying. <laughs> they just going through. OK, would you repeat after me for better, or for worse, for better, or for worse? Richer for poor, richer for poor. And they go, they go into the word, but they're not really hearing a word that there's, I mean, they're kind of looking at each other and they're repeating the words, but they're not hearing anything I'm saying. They're thinking about, Pastor Ronnie, get on with this. We're ready to get to the honeymoon. Can we leave? Time to go. I can tell from where I'm standing. And so, you know, it's like, man, we just can't wait to get, because this particular couple was going to Hawaii. And, uh, I could see it in their eyes. They just couldn't wait to get to Hawaii. You know what I mean? Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. 
Because you know you were like that too. You're standing there going through the thing and you're looking at him and you're looking at you and you're going, oh, your eyes, for better or for worse. Oh, that nose is so cute for rich or for poor. You're not, I mean, you're not really, and I know that they're not really. This is why we, (laughs) this is why we have like six to eight weeks of marriage counseling prior to them getting married because we are trying to help them to understand the various roles prior to them actually standing there because I know that they're not going to hear a word I say, no matter what I say, in the wedding ceremony. We have to understand that, and I think that we don't really get it. That, that we are standing before family and friends and most of all, God says, I was witness. I was there. I was witness and I heard you make those vows. And then notice in verse 15, did not he make them one? I love that statement. Did not he make them one? Listen, God could have made Adam a harem. He could have, and he could have bought Adam a harem. That's a bunch of ladies, y'all, in case you don't know what that is. A harem. And he could have said, Adam, these are yours. But he didn't, did he? The Bible says that a deep sleep fell upon Adam. And what happened when he woke up? God gave him not a harem, but one woman. And God said, Adam, meet Eve. And Adam saw Eve and said, Foxy Mama. <laughs> Ooh, girl, you fine. <laughs> he didn't give him a harem. And by the way, let me just kind of insert this. By the way, what was Adam doing when Eve was created and being prepared? What was Adam doing? Sleeping. This is a word to the single folks. Want a husband? You want a wife? Go to sleep. <laughs> now, Now, of course, you know, I mean, I physically go to sleep. Like, don't take a sleep med. (laughs) But what I mean is, stop trying to find them. Stop trying to find them. Go into all the stuff you think you're going to find a man. You're going to find me. I'm going to find me a man. Go into the singles thing. I'm going to find me a man. Go to the singles thing. I'm going to find me a woman. Listen, don't do that. Don't be looking all around and carrying on and just go to sleep. Just rest in the Lord. Just rest in the Lord. Just let God do what God's going to do. Let God move the way God's going to move. Let God kind of create them. Because you know what? Here's the deal. If you just go to sleep, guess what's happening? God's got this. God's working it all out. He's creating her. He's getting her ready. But you're so busy looking over here trying to get a man or trying to get a woman And God's saying, hey, hey, I got her over here. Now, if you would just go to sleep and let me do what I got to do, I'll lead you and guide you in the direction that you need to take so that you bring, that you come together with that one person. Because I still believe that there is one person on the earth for you. Not ten, not five, not a harem, but one person that God has created. And if you just go to sleep and rest in the Lord, serve God and keep your mind on God, then God's going to bring somebody right here to Calvary Chapel if you attend this church. 
And yet God's going to bring somebody here at Calvary Chapel. And you're going to be getting a latte. And they're going to want to get a latte, the same one that you just got. And you're going to go, wow, I like that one too. Extra whipped cream. I like that one too. You like cherry on top? I like that one too. Man, you must be my husband. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's sort, of, it's sort of kind of, but not really happens like that. You know, it does. I'm just saying, you know, wait and rest in the Lord. Okay, I'm moving on. All right. I'm moving on. Now, now look at this here. Now, here, let's get to this. Let's get to this. Man, it's, it's so hard to get to verse 16. I've been two weeks trying to get to verse 16. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.